Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to KFZ HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams. Thank you for joining us on the First Energy Cleveland Cavaliers Radio Network. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Alcorn and Jim Jones. From the Cavaliers Radio Production Studios at Rockin' Mortgage Fieldhouse in downtown Cleveland. Hi again, everybody, and welcome to Cavs HQ. Great to have you with us as we've got a very special show ahead. Now, today being Sunday, April 11th. I took a look at the calendar, April 11th, 1976, 45 years ago, is when the Miracle of Richfield Cavalier team played their last regular season game. And uh, that last regular season game was a loss, so they finished up at 49-33 and 33 before they advanced to the playoffs. And, of course, the Miracle of Richfield, and not only my co-host, Jim Jones, a major part of that team, but... Jim, uh, our guest in the Legends chair this week, Jimmy Clemens, was a major part of that team. I'm really looking forward to the conversation with Jim Clemens. As well, we all should because he's got such great insight. I would love for our current Cavalier players to also listen in because of the sense that he makes. I think he could reinforce the message that Coach Bickerstaff has been preaching all season, that that is the right way to play. Uh, because Jim was so fundamentally correct and so unselfish in, in his approach to the game, Tim. Of course, he had a terrific NBA career, had an astounding coaching career in the NBA as an assistant coach with Phil Jackson, won multiple championships as an assistant to Phil in Chicago and Los Angeles. So we've got all sorts of topics to cover with Jimmy Clements. So, it's Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams, Tim Elkhorn, along with Jim Jones. And when we come back, we will welcome into the Legends Chair, Cavalier legend, Jimmy Clements. That follows this on Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. Top of the key, Clemens. Clemens against Jimmy Jones to the line, to the lane. Ten-footer by Clemens on the rim and in. Cars still dribbling out front. Flips around on the right side to Clemens. Clemens moves on Jimmy Jones to the line, to the lane. Ten-footer by Clemens. Good. Five seconds to go. Pass out to Bingo. Bingo on the run. The gun. No. Rebound. Clemens. Good. Clemens got it. Clemens got a rebound. And the game's over. Cleveland wins. 92-91. Unbelievable! Oh, the iconic Joe Tate and the miracle of Richfield. Jimmy Clemens with the game winner in game five of the opening round series against the Bullets as we welcome you back to Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams. And, of course, this is the 45th anniversary of the miracle of Richfield year. And the regular season ended on April 11th that year. So we thought it would be appropriate on April 11th to uh, look back, as we've done a couple of times this year on Cavs HQ, to the miracle of Richfield year. And boy, Jimmy Clemens, uh, I hear those calls from Joe Tate, and it still brings me goosebumps, uh, especially that game winner. Uh, I would imagine 
Miracle or Richfield uh, is such a, a cherished memory for you as well. Well, I just like to win. <laughs> I, I, grew, I grew up being an extremely sore loser, so winning is quite well. That's, that sounds so crude of me. I like to win, but uh, it's nothing like success. And those of us that were with the Cavaliers in its early years, we didn't have much success, but we had to learn how to become winners and how to mesh our our skills together to be successful in the basketball court. And it was really a pleasure those years because we were just trying to find our way. We, we were just trying to be competitive in a, in a league that was very ruthless, to be honest with you. Jimmy, 45 years later, the game winner against the Bullets in Game 5, is that still fresh in your memory? Do you remember how you got that rebound and how you were able to position yourself for the putback and the win? Well, have, have you had Bingo on the show, on the show yet? <laughs> <laughs> well, Not he yet. missed the shot. <laughs> well, to be honest with you, I just knew Bingo, if Bingo was going to get a look at it, he's going to take a shot. That, that, was my, that was my mindset. And just on the end case, the ball didn't go through. I was just going to go try and go to the boys. That, that, that's, the, that's my high school, my sandlot. That's my instinct. If I knew I wasn't going to get the shot, go to the boys. Yeah, well, Jimmy, I, I just want to thank you for the leadership that you gave us during all those years that you and I played together. And the way you kept me from beating up Fitch. Oh, oh, I shouldn't say that. And uh, uh, but one of the things that uh, I thought you brought to us that no other guard, point guard now, except this new kid we got. I don't know if if you've seen Darius Garland, but uh, he has so much potential. I would love for you one day to have an opportunity just to talk to him. But you were what we call a true point guard. You had the 6'3 size. You were about 190 pounds, but you were incredibly strong. You played defense first, and you did believe in team play and ball movement. Uh, talk a little bit about what it was like playing during that time with me, uh, young Campy, the old Austin Carr, and some of these other guys that you knew. The biggest thing is that I think that we began to understand what our roles were to make the team whole. Okay. Uh, guys that are drafted high, and, you know, AC was the first player picked. Uh, we were the same year. You were a very high draft pick. Uh, Camp was a very high pick. Bingy had, had some experience. But when you drafted that high on a, on a poor team, you're not necessarily used to doing all the fundamental and the, and the dirty stuff. You used to getting the, most of the plays are designed for you. And I think yeah. that was our biggest issue early on is that everyone was used to being the first option. Okay. And when you're the first option and, and your job, quote, unquote, is to shoot the ball and to be, be the primary threat, then the world does actually revolve around you. Well, I was never the first option on any of my teams. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, and, I, and like I say, I, I, I grew up uh, being spoiled in the fact that I, I, just, I just enjoy winning. I enjoy success. And so it was incumbent in order to have some sanity and not, not go absolutely crazy is to begin to find out what, what I had to do, what we had to do in order to be competitive. I mean, 
that that is that's the key of, of success is looking at what you have and taking the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever it is, and say, hey guys, this is what we have. How do we how do we make this work? And I think when our hearts and minds all got in the same place and we begin to mature and say, hey, you know, if I do this, you do that, boom, I can live with that. Uh, let's, let's don't pout. Let's don't stand. You go, everybody's going to get shots if we move it around. I think that's when we really begin to become, you know, uh, mindful of each other's talents and the same began to roll. And we said, hey, we're actually pretty good. And I think yeah. we were pretty good, you know. We, we didn't have racehorses, but, but we all were pretty, pretty good af- athletically. And I think if, if Bill had trusted us, we may have could have gotten there a little bit faster, but that's yep. hindsight, and I don't want to second-guess any of that. I'm just happy eventually that we, got, we found out who we were and we played at that, at that capacity more than we did, and that which was actually strength of ours, and we began to turn that thing around. Again, we're talking yeah. with Jim Clemens. He sits in the Legends chair on Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. Jimmy, this team really has captured my imagination as I look back on it and study the team. There were seven guys that averaged in double digits. Uh, Jones leads the way with 15.8, Campy at 15, Bingo at 13.6, Snyder at 12.6, you were at 12.2, and that turned out to be your career high. Jimmy Brewer, 11 points and 11 rebounds a game, and Austin at 10.1. Just talk about that balance and talk about sharing of the basketball. Seven guys in double figures. Well, I think that happened when Austin uh, missed a lot of games early that year. And Bill Fitch went Austin carried the load and when Austin got hurt, uh, was coming back off of his uh, foot surgery or being cast to give some rest, so I, I forget exactly what was wrong with the foot. But we looked around and said, none of us really wanted to score that much. And a, when AC got healthy, we all had we had a rhythm going. So AC became uh, the sixth man which gave him more shots. The starting five, we, we did spread it around. We knew that uh, the big guy that you in, in the studio with, he was the hub, and uh, he, he, he needed touches. And when he had touches and he had it going, he was more active on defense and more active uh, going after loose balls and doing the thing. So, yeah, you fed him to get him motivated and into the game. And then, then as the game went on, Camp was Campy would manufacture his shots. Bingo had to have certain touches. So it just kind of, once again, we began to understand like a, a good quit, uh, quartet and uh, how to how to flow off of each other. How to who likes certain shots? Like uh, Dick Snyder liked to come off what we call a, a single doubles and. Uh, Dick wanted to be a Dick was basically a catch and shoot guy, so I, I began and and you, Foots Walker. I don't know what Foots averaged, but Foots was great as well because we began to study our team and how guys like the ball delivered, and who liked certain shots, 
And so we knew when those guys got in their rhythm, that's, that's what they were going to do. So we just, once again, we learned how to play with each other. Fascinating conversation with Jimmy Clemens as he sits in the Legends chair. We're going to take a quick time out when we come back. A little more talking about the miracle of Richfield year. 45 years ago this season. And we'll talk some more basketball with Jimmy Clemens. So stay with us. Caps HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams. We're coming back right after this. Cavs HQ is brought to you by Sherwin-Williams, the official paint and coatings partner of the Cleveland Cavaliers, and by Huntington. If you need guidance on your money right now, talk to Huntington. Welcome. Continuing our conversation with Jimmy Clements as he sits in the Legends chair on Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. Tim Elkhorn, along with Jim Jones. On the other side of the window, Marty Allen, Kurt McLaughlin, and Leo Simone. Jim, by the way, to uh, Jim Clemens, by the way, to answer your question, uh, Footsie Walker was at about five points per game for that miracle team. So, as you said, he was a facilitator, kind of distributed the basketball. One other quick note uh, about that top seven and all of those guys in double figures. The top six, Jones, Campy, Bingo, Snyder, Clemens, and Brewer, between the six of you, you missed one game. Five <laughs> of the six played all 82 games that year. So the camaraderie and the chemistry had to be off the charts. You guys knew your move before you made it. Wow, I, I, I did not know that. That, that, that's, that's a, that is an interesting stat right there. Yeah, Bingo missed one game. Everybody else except for AC, who you said missed some uh, games at the beginning of the year, played all 82 games. Mm-mm-mm. That's what happens when you like each other. <laughs> and that's true. And that's true. Because we used to, oh, man, I was probably in the middle of all the fussing. And Ken, and Clem was always the peacemaker and the guy that made sense. And I'm telling you, uh, that chemistry was so beautiful. But, Clem, I want to go back before that, when I first met you. And I know you remember this. Gainesville, Georgia, the number one team in the country, played a sorry Ohio State team that had taken the Big Ten. And uh, there was this guy, Jim Clements, who was playing with all of these young kids who were fantastic in their own right. I remember Alan Hornyak uh, and some of those other guys, uh, Luke Whitty. They were just outstanding. Talk a little bit about how you whooped our ass in uh, in Gainesville. <laughs> well, uh, I don't think we we kicked your butt. We just won the game. <laughs> Thank and, you. Uh, see, you're so diplomatic. Well, actually, see, I, I had a broken wrist. Oh, you did. And uh, I was really limited at, at what I could do. But I, I did want to play, and I felt I needed to play. Mm-hmm. And once again, uh, we started the season four and four. Mm-hmm. And I was shooting the ball. I was averaging damn near 30 sweets, believe it or not. Wow. I can see it. But see, at four and four, you weren't going to go to the tournament because in the Big Ten, only the Big Ten winner got a chance to go to, to the tournament. And – Four and four wasn't going to win the Big Ten, so I had to back off my my offensive prowess in those days, and I had to yield 
And this is where I guess people really start to appreciate what I did on the floor rather than just uh, score baskets. Uh, Allen had to shoot the ball because he wanted to shoot the ball. And you can't win any league if your primary thrust on offense comes from the two guards. You know, big guys, I, I know you'll like this, Jones, big guys have to be involved in the game. No question about it. <laughs> so we, we had to get some inside play, and we went from 4-4 four and four to 13-1 and one in the Big Ten hmm. and uh, ended up 20-6 and six after starting 4-4. Four and four. And that's because, once again, we, we, you know, you can't win – you can't win without bigs, and small guards, perimeter players have to realize sooner or later that big guys are where, where championships are won. You you, you got to have an inside thrust. I know that now today's game with uh, bigs roving the floor and shooting shooting threes and having the no big in the middle to clog it up. I know the game has changed somewhat, but if your big guys aren't happy. It's just like your wife not being happy. Happy, happy wife, happy life, right? That's true. <laughs> I know all about big... happy big guy. <laughs> Isn't that right, Jim? <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. If, you, if your bigs are happy, look. If your bigs are happy, they block shots, they rebound, and and they they feel that they're part of the game. Uh, I, I was blessed. Here you go again, now, guys. I was blessed. My rookie season played with a guy by the name of Wilt Chamberlain. Yes. All right. And when Wilt was happy, we won 33 games in a row. We won 69 games for the season, which were league records in those days. And I and I, I had a wonderful seat on the sideline. <laughs> but, but the point is, Wilt says, hey, if you guys are going to shoot the ball before I get down there, I'm not coming down there. <laughs> So there were times he didn't come down the floor. When the game got slowed up and we needed some offensive thrust, hey, you best believe both Jerry West and Elgin Baylor weighed on Wilt to get down in that hole, and we worked off of Wilt. Jim, I wanted to ask you about that year in L.A. You spent the one year in Los Angeles before you got traded to the Cavs, and as you said, you may have watched a lot of basketball, but talk about how much you learned in that one year with Wilt, with Elgin, with West. Man, that had to be the education you was just incredible. Well, I'll go further than that. My head coach was a gentleman by the name of Bill Sharman, and his assistant coach was a guy by the name of Casey Jones. And and our reason I say that, and now I'll get back to your question very very succinctly. There are only three guys in the Hall of Fame. They're in the Hall of Fame twice. John Wooden, Bill Sharman, Lenny Wilkins. And I've had the pleasure of two of those guys sitting down and talking basketball with me, for me, and having me to understand. Bill Sharman and Lenny Wilkins. So what you what you learn and I had uh, Jim McMillan, who's a wonderful basketball player, who's who's gone on. Uh, we we were competitive. Happy Harrison. Mm-hmm. Happy Harrison didn't have a plague ran from him the whole season, but Happy knew 
His job was the offensive rebound and to fill the lane in transition. And, and you, if you can imagine not having a play run for you the whole season, but you knew what, you, you knew what your job was. So this, these are things that, you know, you learn by sitting and watching. And at timeouts, KC would give uh, Coach Sharman a three-by-five card of what, what he saw. And, and Bill would look at it in a glance, and he'd take two or three of those things and go into the huddle. And as he went into the huddle, Casey and I, I said, what did you write down? And he'd tell me what he'd written down. And so that then was, I guess, my compass about trying to understand what it took to be successful at the professional level because everyone has talent. But talent has to work together. All right, we'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll continue with Jim Clements. Boy, what a special guest in the Legends Chair on Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. Cavs Academy, the Cleveland Cavaliers' official youth basketball program, has announced the dates and locations of its 2021 summer tour throughout Ohio and Pennsylvania for boys and girls ages 3 to 16. The Cavs Academy 2021 summer tour features one, two, and three-day camps, weekly small group training sessions, and Cavaliers clinics for even the smallest of Cavs fans. Registration for all Cavs Academy events is now open at CavsYouth.com slash Summer Tour. Cavs in the Community is brought to you by Discount Drug Mart. We'll be back with the second half of Cavs HQ after this on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams. Tim Elkhorn along with Jim Jones and Jim's former teammate, on the Miracle of Richfield team, Jim Clemens is sitting in the Legends chair. So I'm going to let one Jim talk to another. Jim Jones. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Hey, uh, Jim, since we're talking about two of the greatest teams that you participated in, talk about the Chicago Bulls. That team won 72 games. Can you tell us a story about Phil Jackson and how he dealt with those kids? Well, let, let me say this about that. <laughs> if that group, I'm not going to say we didn't play hard every night. You win 72 games and lose 10, you, you did something right. But Golden State came along a few years ago and won 73 games, right? Right. If that group in Chicago had any inkling, that years later, especially in their lifetime, somebody would break that 72 and 10. Those guys would have won 75 games that year, man. That's just unbelievable. And the thing that hurts, Golden State 73 and 9, and they don't have a championship behind their name. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you're going to break the why. 72 and 10 record, <laughs> win, win the championship, man. Right, right. That's that. I mean, that, that, that's that's – that's like unheard of. How you win seventy three games and you aren't the champion? You're not the champion of the league that year. Yeah. But, and a three one uh, lead the in the secret, finals. <laughs> the secret yeah, of the gym is um, with Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen, and people who don't know Dennis Rodman. 
they don't know what a brilliant basketball mind walks around in that body. Understands the mechanics of the game, understands what winning is about, willing to study, make sure that he does things. Could shoot the basketball. If if you we had shooting games almost daily. And the winning team usually had Dennis Rodman on it. Wow. He just he just he just saw a commodity in the game, playing defense, using his body, uh, knowing when his teammates are going to shoot the ball, seeing the shot being taken because he knows this guy likes this shot, beginning to work his way to the basket even before the shot is being taken, uh, understanding how the ball comes off the rim. Uh, these little things uh, you, you can teach, but you have to have a pupil who understands basically the mechanics of the game and the philosophy of the game and willing to sacrifice what most people think the game is about storing. The game is about having fun and making sure you have multiple opportunities to put the ball back in the hoop or on the offensive end and defensive end, limit the team to one shot and one possession yeah. and knowing, uh, once again, the value of a scouting report. And uh, now it's, they call it analytics. Knowing the guy <laughs> is going to drive left or he's going to two-dribble pull-up or he likes his cross or whatever. Dennis Robin just understood the game of basketball. So you put Michael and Scotty in, on, on that, in that mix, you, you just have a wonderful basketball uh, atmosphere where it's, it is about not necessarily winning. and It's about having fun going to work every day. Jimmy, I want to ask you about Phil Jackson. Uh, you played for great coaches, and you were with Phil all those years in Chicago and then later in Los Angeles. What really made him unique? What made Phil Jackson as great a coach as he was? Phil got along with people. I mean, yes. He had his own way because he was, and anyway, I say had his had his way. Phil understood how to get along with people. Uh, he wasn't controversial, but he had he had a way that he wanted things done. And we had a very veteran staff. Um, if you ever had the opportunity to sit with Tex Winter and, and Johnny Bach in those days, and Jimmy Rogers who was also an assistant coach of mine in, in Chicago uh, in Cleveland. I, Jimmy and I worked together on the same staff. Uh, we just had people on the, on the teaching end of it that, you know, we, we didn't demean guys. We didn't curse at them. We, you know, we, we talked about the zen in basketball is living together. The zen is how to have a collaborative atmosphere. Uh, no one is better or worse than the other. Our jobs are to uh, be successful. Uh, our job is to find ways to make each other successful. And when that happens, everyone gets credit. And you look back and you say, wow, the season went, you know, the season's over for already. Or, yeah, the season's getting tired and boring. But look, look where we are. We're almost finished. And we've done a wonderful job. It's trying to find the happiness and the contentment and joy in what you do. And that, and Phil had a wonderful, because once again, uh, he wasn't a starter, but he understood his role. And his role was to come off the bench and, provide some energy and run the floor and uh, knock people around because he was awkward, but he, he didn't knock you around on purpose. He was just awkward sometimes. <laughs> and uh, But he understood, once again, how to compete, 
how to do it honestly, how to do it fairly, and how to get the most out of his talent. And and with that group that we had, uh, the 172 and 10, uh, they just really understood it. I mean, we had guys that just knew what to do, and they didn't complain about it. Our practices were that way. Our practices, and that's the thing of last year with the uh, last dance, it didn't, for my, for my purposes, it didn't show the work ethic that the guys brought with them every day. That, that was the, the real success of that team in that era. Guys loved to come to practice because practice is where you got your best games because everyone knew each other's habits. They knew what shots they liked, and so you weren't going to get your first option. So the ball had to move. So that ball movement, player movement, which the, our offense forced you to do, that created a whole new basic science in how to play on game night because that's the way we play during each practice is that you're, you guys weren't going to get the first shot or you're not going to get the shot that you wanted. So you had to move your body, set picks, you had to move the ball. So that ball movement, player movement, it was something that they practiced every day. We didn't have to dwell on get the ball moving or so-and-so wants this shot. You just knew that because you got accustomed to how you played in practice and what you saw in practice was exactly what you saw in the games. Wow. Well, I only have one more for you, and I want to come all the way back to where we started, uh, the miracle of Richfield 45 years ago, because uh, a name that we haven't mentioned yet and yet, Jimmy uh, Clemens, I'm sure uh, for all your years around great teams, you need that veteran leader. Uh, share your thoughts. What happened when Nate Thurman came to town? Well, I think the biggest thing that happened when Nate came to town is the co-host on this, on this program had someone who understood him Yep, and, he, and was willing to listen. And I think that, that was the immense uh, move on, on Cavalier management to go out and get Nate because now uh, Jim Jones had somebody he could relate with and talk basketball to and look up to. And uh, that, I think that was uh, – and we all had someone that we felt uh, would provide an additional voice in the locker room that we, that we respected. That's an awesome insight. That's yes, it great. Is. Thank you, Jimmy. You're exactly right, Jimmy. Well, Jim Clemens, I can't tell you how much of an honor and a privilege it was to have you here today sitting in our Legends chair, a true Cavalier legend. And, boy, uh, your insights and commentary during our program today was just fantastic. So you're invited back anytime. Well, thank you very much, and I look forward to it. Oh, it was awesome. Thank you, Jimmy. Jim Clemens in our Legends Chair on Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. We'll have more right after this. Welcome back to Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams, Tim Elkhorn, Jim Jones. And again, a huge thank you goes out to Jimmy Clemens, who spent three segments with us in the Legends Chair. Boy, Jim Jones, that's one of those you're going to go back and listen to it again and again because some of the terrific comments and the profound statements from Jim Clemens during that conversation. That was really good stuff. That was legendary talk in the Legends Chair. 
Well, you know what it does, Tim. You know, there's a side of our game that very few fans get to see, get to feel, get to really understand. And and uh, Clemens does such a great job of giving us tremendous stories and insight. Uh, you know, it's a can't-miss show. You know, everybody's got to tape that baby and record it over and over. In fact, when it comes out, I'll be sending it around to all of my friends and family. I just think that that information that he gave out in the commentary, the dialogue, the narrative, the whole piece, you could envision things that you had never experienced or you always wonder what it was like. Well, Jimmy exposes that. I love it. Jim, your black book, as we've talked about earlier, is unbelievable, the names that you have been able to bring to Cavs HQ. But one of the things that really has struck me through all the great guests, and I'm not going to list them all now because it would take up the entire segment, but you have lined up some phenomenal NBA names, but it's the relationships that they look back on. Not necessarily this game or that game, this season, that season, the relationships that were fostered in the NBA and even in their college days and early days. Uh, that's something that just stays with these guys forever. Yeah, it does, Tim. And the experiences don't necessarily have to be positive. In fact, many, many of the people that we've talked to, we hadn't spoken to each other in a while. And then uh, they'll call me out of nowhere or during a holiday when they think it's appropriate. And they'll apologize or they want to make amends. Because, you know, there's, you know, anytime there's a conversation or, or you're doing a public speaking, uh, you sort of want to know what kind of crowd you're talking to or, or uh, how to impact someone with your, with, with your narrative. And I'm the kind of person that if I don't think that this person has had the experiences I have uh, or can explain himself or I see something that, you know, that, that they can invest in, I'll go from just a general commentary into a teaching mode <laughs> but, but but i try to be selective and i try to i don't dumb me down and i don't want to you know to call them dummies but i try to give people insight and i'm telling you it has helped me develop all kinds of relationships tim i haven't even gone through a tenth of my book and uh, i know that there's other people out there who i respect and respect us who are going to give us that same kind of dialogue that Jimmy Clemens gave us, that Mark Price gave us, that Liddy Wilkins, Spencer Hayward, uh, Bobby Dandridge, all of these people, Jerry Lucas, yes. come on, uh, Breen, Mike Breen, you know, who does the national games, you know, for the NBA. You know, these are just tremendous people with tremendous uh, uh, character, and uh, I've had a relationship with them for years. Well, again, thanks to Jim Clemens and Jim Jones. Thanks to you. Uh, the guests have oh, just been you. extraordinary. Let's talk a little uh, present-day Cavaliers. Cavs taking on New Orleans tonight at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. So, Jim, you and I will be up in the Joe Tate perch. Uh, they'll tip that one off at 7 o'clock for some Sunday night basketball. Boy, we're heading into the home stretch now. Uh, 20 games as far as the regular season schedule is concerned. Uh, what do you look for here in this final 20 as this team just continues to make progress well i think i know it's going to be harder than the first 20 and the second 20. uh we're coming down the stretch many teams still feel hope that they can uh you know get in the runoff and i'm telling you tim the games are going to be tougher a lot of teams have players healing because they let them sit because the coaching staff understands that the stretch run is the most important so these games are going to be a lot tougher and I'm telling you, if what we've seen recently from the Cavaliers on the road is any indication as to how competitive they're going to be the last 20, 
Oh, that is must-see TV and must-listen-to and must listen to radio because they are truly playing well right now. I was just going to say, Jim, you can really see this team's confidence growing, uh, their comfortableness with each other growing, obviously getting guys back like Love, like Delhi has helped that situation. But, boy, they look at the next 20 games and they have to feel we're a team that's reaching our peak or at least playing our best basketball down the stretch. Yeah, they yeah they do, and you know what? They've developed a unique mix of veteran players. Come on, you got Torian Prince, you got the, our lovable Dullavadova, and you got Kevin Love, and you and you've got the new kid Hartenstein. You know, you've got some people who are veteran players mixed in with our young kids who we depend on, and it's made for a good mix. The formula has worked. Bickerstaff has done a masterful job of getting these, getting these kids to where they are. We've seen the improvement in our young players, and it's all because the older players, many of them are just healing, and now their contributions is gonna, uh, are going to be magnified. This is going to be an exciting last 20 games. Jim, uh, when we were talking to Jimmy Clemens, he talked about the great coaches that he played for, uh, that he coached under as far as uh, being an assistant coach, and I think we'd be remiss if we didn't pay a lot of credit to J.B. Bickerstaff. Uh, He has stayed the course. Uh, There's been some uh, choppy seas at times for this Cavalier (laughs) team, and yet uh, he didn't blink. He didn't waver. He stuck with the plan, and and he has stayed on course as far as leading this team through uh, some challenging times. Yeah, and it's part of his pedigree. His father was like that. His father is a mentally tough person, but incredibly insightful and incredibly knowledgeable about what it takes to win in our game. There's a lot of people now that go around talking about, I know what it takes to win in the game, win in this game. The basic fundamentals are the same, but the emphasis has changed. You know, the profile for a player today is so different. The main thing that I've seen is that they're younger and they're highly skilled. They're intelligent, but they need direction. And the direction has to be consistent and it has to make sense. And those are the things that young Bickerstaff understands. He has a great relationship with his young players and with his veterans. He gets a respect from them. They play hard for him. You know how difficult that is to make sure you get a player to play hard every night? And what they do is that they believe in their coach. Why? Because he believes in them. Yeah, you used the phrase uh, demanding but not demeaning. Yep, And I think that is dead-on accurate, Jim. Uh, I think you've come up with the phrase that really describes J.B. Bickerstaff. Yeah, I stole it, Tim, but I won't tell you from who. But I did steal it. <laughs> well, you know I read. I got a 600-book library. I'm looking at it now. I steal so much stuff that everybody thinks is mine. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll give you credit for saying it then. How's that? <laughs> okay, I'll take, I'll, ta- I'll take it, Tim. You know I will. <laughs> All right, well, speaking of taking, we're going to take a timeout. When we come back, we'll put the finishing touches on this week's edition of Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. So stay with us. Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. Great to have you with us this week. Don't forget tonight, Cavaliers and Pelicans at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. They'll tip it off at 7 o'clock. The Huntington Tip-Off Show will come your way at 6.30. Boy, Jim Jones, this was a heck of a show tonight, or really this morning. So uh, appreciate all of your efforts and all your help. Had a lot of fun with this one. 
Oh, Tim, it's always great to be with you and your insight, your intellect, and uh, your enthusiasm. The main thing, when I think of you, I think of your great enthusiasm, how you love this game, and, and that makes it so much easier for me. You know, to sometimes uh, it, it, can be, it can be a chore because we all have other responsibilities, but when you get in this room and uh, you and I have a chance to sit down and we discuss the game, I can feel the joy, and that's a motivator to me. I appreciate you, my friend. Oh, thank you, Jim. I just love talking to these guys. Hey, keep, <laughs> keep digging into that black book of yours, man. When I have an opportunity to talk to these legends, who can't be passionate about that? Who can't love that? It's just awesome. I love it. All right, well, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. Again, a big thank you goes out to Jimmy Clemens, who joined us earlier in the Legends Chair. The three guys on the other side of the window who really make this show cook. Marty Allen along with Kurt McLaughlin and Leo Simone. Huge thank you goes out to my co-host Jim Jones. And the biggest thanks goes to you, the listeners. Don't forget Cavs and New Orleans tonight from Rockin' Mortgage Fieldhouse, 630 with the Huntington Tip-Off Show. And they'll get things rolling shortly after 7 o'clock. So until then, this is Tim Elkhorn saying thank you very much for dialing in to Cavs HQ on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. And so long, everybody. Cavs HQ was brought to you by Sherwin-Williams, the official paint and coatings partner of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And by Huntington. If you need guidance on your money right now, talk to Huntington. Welcome.